Hello, welcome to our podcast. Today we'll be talking about affirmative action in general and also specifically how you know our guest perceives this policy. Um, so, and the name of our podcast this episode is Affirmative Action and How Amanda Perceives This Policy. Hi, and today we, you know, invited a really. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. So today we invited a really great guest, and um, so her name is Amanda, and I hope that I use the pronoun right. Did I use the pronoun right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Amanda, why don't you introduce? Okay. So, um, so in my point of view, Amanda is a really bright, wonderful, intelligent person, and she currently goes to WashU. And you know, because you know, my you know introduction of Amanda might be a little bit limited. So I would you know hand the freedom to、uh, Amanda to introduce herself. So, Amanda, do you want to introduce yourself briefly? I'm、uh, so Miss Pigai Wright. I am a senior at WashU.、Um, I am a computer science major, and what else?、Um, oh, this is for your Asian American class, right? So、yeah. I am Asian American.、Uh, I come、yeah. from the Bay, which is heavily Asian American. So I like to think I have a little bit of a good perspective on、um, on Asian people, and at least in in America. <laughs> Wow. Wait. So you know you're from Bay Area. Does it mean that you're in Nancy Pelosi's district? Um, I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Oh, sorry. Never mind. I just kind of digress a little bit. But wow, I love the Bay Area. Actually, there's so many tech companies there. And just to give um our listener a little bit, you know, more background of our guest about our guest. So our guest is so smart. And she is going to work in tech industry. And Amanda, do you mind, you know, if you can disclose where where you are going next and how that how the workplace, you know, is you know full of Asian Americans or not? Like, I'm just really curious about that. Yeah,、uh, so I'll be working for Microsoft. Wow. Wow, I am so proud of you, Amanda. So you know, so today we're going to talk about、um, affirmative action and how Amanda's section.、Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. I think there might be a little bit of a delay, so I'm not sure if、um, everything is coming through. But the、um, you were asking about、uh, sort of like the distribution of like race in in Microsoft, I guess, and、um, yeah. the. From what I can see, there are a lot of South Asians and Asian Americans and white people.、Um, I don't know the exact demographics, but there's,、um, I think, in terms of working towards racial equality, a lot of the focus is on、um, recruiting more,、um, rec- uh, sorry, recruiting more African Americans and Latinx people. So, wow! Thank you so much for、yeah. the. For the um, you know, for your additional commentary about um the racial quota in Microsoft and its um initiative to um achieve a better racial diversity at Microsoft, that's super cool. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, so today our podcast will mainly discuss will be mainly discussing um affirmative action and the implication of it to Asian American community and how. You know, most importantly, Amanda, our guest, perceives affirmative action and how affirmative action might impact her instead. So, um, yeah. So let's get to our questions. So first of all, what is what do you think about affirmative action? By the way, um, you know, do you have negative perspective or positive perspective about this policy specifically? Yeah. So、um, I just want to start with a disclaimer of I don't actually know a huge amount about affirmative action.、Uh, I know that there's so in California、um, there's a there's a bill. Yeah. There's something on the ballot about affirmative action and whether or not it should be implemented.、Um, and I think that you know, for me personally, I believe that you know, especially after coming to college, I've learned a lot about sort of other people's. Um, situations 
and the fact that life circumstances aren't equal, right? Um, yeah. I think that, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't know a lot about diversity, especially because, so I went to a public high school where quite literally we had a population of 80% Asian people. Oh, that's so and cool. And we were all from like a very similar yeah, it was it was really nice to be surrounded by a lot of Asian people. You know, the Asian food in the Bay is great. Yes. Um, the, the so like growing up in an environment of like you know people who are very similar to you is uh, um, was really nice. I think you get a lot of perspective on where other people were coming from. So when I got to college, a lot of my, my friends were. not, I don't need to understand that policies like affirmative action are are very important to implement. Um, I think that, you know, given the fact that there, some people might deny it, but, you know, like racial injustice is very prevalent in America and they're to try to get in the place. Uh, hello, Amanda, can you hear me? Hello. You're, you're breaking up. Yeah, hi. Hello. Oh, yeah, you're oh, you're breaking um, up a little bit. I'm so sorry. Um, So you were talking about, um, you know, you were in, you know, um, in, in a area where Asian American populations are really dense. And, you know, when you, after you get to college, you realize how important diversity should be advocated and implemented. So that's where, you know, you were breaking up up a little bit can you um say that again you know what what you said after that yeah um so when i got to college um i you know started to realize the importance of like trying to make sure that everyone has an equal opportunity and um i think that affirmative action is one of those policies that will help um sort of try to remedy uh, the racial injustices that are happening in America. Um, I don't know if it's the only policy or if it should be, the, like, or if it, if there should be more, if it's properly implemented, but I think the intent behind it is very, um, it's good. It's a good thing. Wow. Thank you so much for um, for your commentary about affirmative action. Um, so, uh, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you thought that affirmative action was on the ballot somehow in, years ago. So uh, just a little background. So California banned affirmative action, like, you know, I forgot, like, which year. Um, so do you think that the uh, do you think that Calif- the, the ban on affirmative action in California is um, not ethical, or do you think that reflect reflect badly on how you know different institutions should in, do not implement diversity you know enough? <laughs> do you think so? Um. <laughs> yeah. So I, it was it was on the ballot this past year. Oh, it does. Um, and I voted. Yeah, I voted to repeal Prop 209. So I wanted affirmative action to come back. I think that it's really important for, you know, in all fields. So I I usually think about affirmative action in the context of, like, college and getting into college. But I think that, you know, the way that it's it's phrased on the the California ballot is um, affecting sort of all public institutions. Um, And so that would be, you know, government and other... um, think like medical facilities as well um but you know i i think that it's it's there are a lot of people in california so there's a larger concentration of asians in the bay but i know that distributed around california there are a lot of white people mm-hmm. and i think that those two large groups make up a lot of the nose because it, they think that it will hurt their chances right yeah. um and I think that the issue with that train of thought is that they're thinking, oh, this is going to affect me individually. And yet um, a lot of it is not to try to take away from, or at least the intent that I think that affirmative action should have is that it's not about taking away from the people who already have things. It's about trying to give other people the chance to get those same things 
Yeah, sorry, I don't know if that answered your question, but... <laughs> oh, no, 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 I really, I, I'm so glad that you voted, you know, for affirmative action to come back. That's so noble and such a great ethical decision for you to make. Um, so what was the outcome of that, um, of that policy, though? Did it come back later on, or it didn't? No. <gasps> That's... No, so, um, uh-huh. yeah, the, 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 let's see, so it was Prop 16, which was the repeal to to it was Prop 16 was supposed to repeal Prop 209. Mm-hmm. Um, 209 was the one that took away affirmative action. So unfortunately, Prop 16 got shot down, and um, a lot of people, I guess, did not want affirmative action to come back. It was a close so It was, well, I don't know how close I guess that really is, but it was 57-ish percent to 43-ish percent. Uh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do, what, what, do, why do people? Because California is such a you know diverse and such a liberal and democratic state, and so blue. So why do you think people in this state specifically w- would vote down affirmative action that really reflects democratic value, you know, values for democratic party and liberal values? So you know, what's wrong here? Like, why is there? you know, inconsistency here. Yeah. Um, so I think that a lot of people are, yeah, um, I, I think that a lot of people are, um, so uh, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, I think that a lot yeah. of, there's a large portion of Asian Americans and white people, right? Yeah. And you have California, is at least from the pictures, you know, during the election and stuff, there's a lot, there's a lot of red. There's a lot more red than I think people actually think. Um, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's concentration in Los Angeles and there's concentration in, in the Bay Area and that's where a majority of the people live and so those concentrations are blue mostly, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have a lot of the rural areas that are, you know, not so not so liberal, not so democratic, and you have um, those pockets, those concentrations in LA and and in like around San Francisco are mostly, I think, first or second generation, starting to get to third generation immigrants, and a lot of the policies that they support are, you know, I think tend to trend towards socially liberal, but, you know, fiscally conservative and one of those things that they think will affect so they'll they'll support things like um like gay marriage right but they won't necessarily support um you know affirmative action because they're concerned that it'll affect their population and i think that you know this is especially important with specifically asian americans because a lot of them believe that you know like affirmative action at like specifically like the the UCs, the universities of California, the public system, they're concerned that it'll affect Asian Americans negatively. Yeah. And so the people who ordinarily would, you know, vote for democratic and liberal policies are avoiding this one in particular because they think it'll hurt their chances. Yeah. Or their children's chances. Wow. Yeah, like, I really agree with you on that, because before I come to America, um, I do not know if you use WeChat. So on WeChat, there are so many news outlets, which describes affirmative action as a divisive tool that is designed to repeal... Oh, I'm sorry, you're you're cutting out a little bit. Can you you hear me now? Hello, can you hear me? Hello. something about before coming to America. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um yeah, because oh just to clarify to our viewers, because I'm currently in China, Amanda Amanda right now is in St. Louis, so because of the you know, like long distance communication through phone, our connection might be not that stable, so I apologize for that beforehand. Um so yeah, so you know, I really relate I could relate to your perspective and your answer because before coming to America um, I use WeChat, and I'm not sure if you use, you know, this social media app as well. Um, so on different news outlet um, published on WeChat, many people say that affirmative actions 
um, are designed to repeal Chinese students' opportunity to get into prestigious universities because they think that affirmative action will you know, hurt our chances to get in because international students, especially from China, really love to, you know, really value going to, you know, great um, prestigious private schools specifically. So that's their take on affirmative action yeah. and why they think that. And that's why, you know, that's why, you know, Chinese media, you know, are really conservative and Republican um, you know, if we have to, if we judge them in a American standard. So do you think that, you know, in your perspective, affirmative action actually hurt Asian Americans' opportunities to get into schools, institutions, or, you know, com- or different prestigious companies after post-graduation? Um, do you think that's particularly true? I mean, you go, you go to, it's because, you know, you grew up in California where affirmative action was banned and now you're in, you know, WashU where I assume affirmative action is still in place, you know, to recruit different students. So what do you think? Um, yeah, so uh, I'm actually not sure if WashU has an affirmative action policy. I think that they, so we're a private school, right? Yeah. And um, I think that most of the policies that I have seen are in regards to public institutions. Um, mm-hmm. WashU has, like, financial... I think they have, like, financial help. They have, like... They've been talking about going needs... Uh, honestly, WashU is not the best, like, um, example of all of this because um, <laughs> it's very... It's very, um, like... There's a huge imbalance. I think that, so WashU, I, I don't know if it's still true, but when I first was looking at it and applied and got in and stuff, there was a, an article about how WashU was, had the highest ratio of top 1% to bottom 60% financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're not very well known for their diversity. Um, but in, in talking in a broader sense, I think that, so you asked about affirmative action affecting um, Asian American, specifically Chinese American, or Chinese students. Um, I'm not really sure about how things um, affect international students, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that, oof, let's see, if the affirmative action policies are implemented in a way that are actually intended to help people, um, like to help minorities and stuff, it shouldn't be a I don't think that it should affect Asian Americans too much because if you're talking about creating um, a space so the way that it should be implemented and I don't know I don't actually know if this is you know how they actually implement it but the way that it should be implemented is you know you have two candidates of the same ability and the same you know same whatever you use to decide test scores or, you know, um, like backgrounds and stuff like that. And if the only difference is that one of them is um, of a minority, uh, let's say like an African-American student, right? Um, And the other one is, say, like white, right? Yeah. Um, Then they'll take race into consideration. I don't think that affirmative action is being used to displace anyone um, who's qualified, you know? Uh, unfortunately, colleges do have a um, have a limited amount of space. I think they're starting to. Well, I don't know about other schools, but WashU in particular is, is you know always expanding. Their, the younger classes are always larger, um, and so you know hopefully they'll be able to accommodate more people with each year. But um, the way that it you know, affirmative action should be implemented. Uh, no one should be missing out on a spot that they deserve. And, you know, a lot of colleges already, I think, have to turn away very qualified applicants um, just because they don't have the space. And I think that there's something more about the space than the policy that is being implemented to necessarily keep people out or anything. 
Wow, thank you so much for saying that. It's such a you know insightful answer, to be honest. So why do you choose to um, go to WashU instead of um, colleges in California? Yeah, this is a good question. Um, <laughs> so I play volleyball. Oh, wow. Um, I, uh, I, well, I used to play volleyball. I, I played volleyball from sixth grade to all the way to college. And um, I was recruited to play here. I was actually on the varsity team for two years, but I had to retire due to a back injury. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but I, I did come here to play volleyball. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow! I'm so, wow! You are so versatile. I'm so proud of you. You are not only good at sports, you're good <laughs> at academics. Wow, Amanda! I'm so and I'm so sorry to hear that you have a back injury that resulted in your retirement. But no matter what, you're wonderful. Like wow, such a great experience. Yeah. So um, you know. So anyway, um, so you know because um, so because you have a great you know intersect your identity. Sorry, the intersectionality of your identity is very great and also unique in our case because, um, uh, so would it be okay that, you know, we can disclose, you know, in this podcast about, you know, your other identity, you know, the identity that, that we both know, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, so, um. Yeah, hi. Sorry. Uh, it, it's been, like, a little bit iffy, but okay. um, it should be good now, I think. Okay, that's um, good. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, I am a... I would consider myself... Uh, I use the word gay, but I guess I am a queer Asian-American woman. Um, yeah. So that's, I guess, an intersection of a bunch of identities there. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for disclosing that. And me too, actually. I am such, sorry, I'm also an Asian, um, so I'm not American, so I'm an Asian, you know, gay woman as well because I'm trans right now. And um, so, which, you know, goes back to our very topic of affirmative action because, it, you know, affirmative action also includes um, advancing, you know, people like you know, LGBTQ people, the trans people, lesbian, gays, and queer specifically, and um, and being an Asian American, sorry, Asian queer American, you must see you, you participated in, uh, you know, I assume um, some affirmative action um, programs. So I think O for You is kind of an affirmative action program. I I, I think, and and you know, because I myself is participate also participate in um, different diversity recruiting initiatives for post-grad recruit post-grad career recruitment um, so as I was researching different diversity initiatives in different companies whether in finance or in tech um, companies do host a lot of diversity program which you know is designed for black um, Latinx um, um, queer LGBTQ people, but we rarely see programs that are for Asian Americans because, in the corporate perspective, Asian Americans are not um, diverse. They do not need any. Sorry, it's not that they're, they're not diverse. It's that we the companies do not need more representation of Asian Americans because they're already enough Asian Americans in the firm. And how does that make you feel, Amanda? What do you think about the corporation's, um, you know, lack of advocacy for Asian American in the workplace and their lack of recruitment um, channels for Asian Americans specifically? Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Oh, sorry. Um. Uh, the call is reconnecting because of um, internet instability. Um, cool. So, um, speaking to companies and their diversity groups and stuff. Um, so, 
It is kind of sad to not really be able to see the similar intersections of other people. So um, I actually, uh, at WashU, there's a group, there's a group chat of uh, queer Asian people. Um, and um, it's really great. Yeah, we, we had a potluck last year. Unfortunately, we, we aren't able to do anything this year because of COVID. But um, it, it was really great to just, you know, talk to people who have very similar experiences and can understand, you know, the stresses, like the uh, everything that comes with that particular identity. And I think there's very something very specific about the queer Asian identity where, you know, people, you know, you have queer people, but they're, you know, white or black or Latinx, you know, they, they have they have these identities that don't necessarily have similar experiences of, you know, parents who might not understand what, you know, being trans or being gay means and, like, who just want their kids to, you know, have, um, to have children and, you know, carry on sort of the more traditional things um, that come from their countries. And um, you, you know, and then you have, you know, queer or trans and who don't really understand the pressure of not really fitting into that. Um, and so I think that, you know, it is kind of sad. There are companies who have, um, I think the larger companies have these employee resource groups that are specifically catered to Asian people but they aren't necessarily catered to queer Asian people. And unfortunately, it's a very small group, and it's made even smaller because there are a lot of people who do identify with that but aren't out and yeah. aren't in a situation where they feel comfortable or can safely come out. And um, I think that... So specifically speaking about like Asian groups, um, I know that Microsoft has... A, an API group, I believe. Um, and it's, you know, it's nice to see that. It's nice to be able to be on, you know, an email list or something where they're having events and that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things that, you know, kind of is weird to me in just like Asian-specific groups is that, you know, they talk about Asian-specific groups, but it's Asians encompass a very, very large amount of countries. Yeah. And... I think that, you know, you you don't necessarily have, not everyone is East Asian, right? Yeah. Um, not everyone is Chinese, not everyone is Taiwanese, not everyone is Japanese. And so you have these, you know, cultural events that have this, like, big mashup of, you know, it's like, um, this one group is organizing all the Vietnamese, like, um, celebrations, or they're doing... Um, Lunar New Year, and then they have a jumble of a whole bunch of different things, and they don't necessarily have this concentration of very specific identities. So, um, you know, we're working on, on it. It's the hope is that you know the more people that are interested in you know creating this diversity and you know going into sort of the more specific like um, like Asian identities uh, can start those groups, right? But right now. Um, there aren't a lot of people who are willing to do that, you know? Yeah. I really agree with you on that. And I think that, I think Asian Americans are, you know, so left out, marginalized always. You know, we are not included in mainstream media. We are not included in, even in diversity advocacy um, narrative. And it's kind of sad. And I'm so, and also like, it's also good to hear that, you know, you find people with, you know, your similar identity, you can gather together, you can have podcasts together, sorry, potluck together to, you know, strengthen your ties together. I think that's a really good thing. And it's also great to hear that, you know, you are also in part of this move, broader movement to make Asian Americans, especially queer community, queer Asian Americans, more visible in this society. So, which I think is a good thing. Um, so, speaking of um, affirmative action, you know, in this context, um, so you know, you mentioned you know how Asian parents you know want their children to um, you know 
reproduce to give them baby and that's literally what I'm facing right now my mom wants me to give them six babies which sorry I cannot do that I really can't like I'm sorry I can't but I just cannot tell them because I'm afraid that they're you know going to be so disappointed that they might you know disown me some you know that's that's a that's a genuine validated fear and that's um and you know going back to you know asian american parents so do you think that you know affirmative actions you know in this situation is supported by your parents or do you think that your parents would not necessarily or your parents friends when that or the community that they are in in their age range, um, would not particularly be fond of this policy. And, you know, what do you think about their perspectives? Yeah, so I actually talked to my parents about um, about the ballot um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I this is my first time voting um, mm-hmm. and I didn't know a lot about... Um, I guess the policies and everything. I just wanted to make sure that I was clear on everything. And um, my parents had a discussion amongst themselves about whether or not affirmative action should be implemented. And my dad was not not supportive. And his, um, his perspective was very much, um, you know, I don't want, like, someone who has gone to, you know, a school that's, you know, under, like, I don't want someone who's underqualified to be my doctor to be treating me um, because, you know, I'm concerned that they're going to not know what they're doing and, you know, it's going to affect my health care and everything. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, that's, you know, they're not going to take unqualified people. The whole point of affirmative action is to, you know, give people who have, who are qualified, um, but don't have sort of the background of being able to um, necessarily apply to specific programs or anything, um, they, they want to give them that opportunity, right? Um, so my parents are a mixed bag of opinions. Um, I think that a lot of a lot of people who <laughs> this, this actually might be um, a, a little bit of a weird take, but mm-hmm. I think that um, engineers specifically are the type of people who would be like, I don't, I, I don't care as long as they're qualified, but I don't want to implement a policy where there might be someone who is underqualified, but they don't like. I think that the idea of implementing affirmative action requires some compassion Mm -hmm. and there's, there's uh, a little less of that on my dad's side because he doesn't stop to think about the fact that there are other people who who don't have the same opportunities. Wow. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I think that, you know, people, especially immigrants who, have spent their entire lives working towards things and immigrant philosophies, keep your head down and do your work and everything will end up fine. Right. And that working hard will let, um, that working hard will, will, um, will bring you to a better life. And I think that they're not wrong in their own circumstances, but there are a lot of other factors that, um, you know, the model minority, as much as it hurts Asian Americans, also gives gives us a boost in academic and occupational settings because it, you know, people think, oh yeah, you're Asian, you'll work hard. Um, you have this mindset of um, doing whatever you're told and being very compliant and all of that stuff. And um, so. Asian Americans who see this and are like, oh, yes, I've worked hard. I've personally worked hard and I've achieved this. So anyone should be able to do this are a little bit naive because they don't get that not everyone has those same circumstances that allow them to um, to be in that position, I think. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow, that's... Well, I, well, that encompasses so many aspects. And I'm so great that to hear that you pinpoint um, the, I think the most important part of why people would support or not support affirmative action is the compassion. And I think that's really correct because people who are not, who cannot like understand or empathize with the struggles of other ethnic minorities might they might not understand, you know, why affirmative action is particularly important for them to advance, to give them, you know, a getaway to a better opportunity so that they can escape their, I don't know, their status, so that they can shatter their status quo and work towards a better one. So I think, you know, that's really great. And, you know, you also mentioned, mentioned a model minority. And do you, so... So as a, so about model minorities. So is there a, so as we all know that you know in America there is a conservative movement where you know where you know they want to repeal affirmative action, where they want to end um, entirely the racial the the, the racial preference um, admission process in different companies or higher education realm. Um, so, uh, um, so kind. It's kind of like Asian Americans are used as a weapon to, um, to end affirmative action. So people say that you know because Asian Americans are model minority, so other minorities, other ethnic minorities should follow. Um, so that's part of the reason why those conservatives want to you know repeal um, affirmative action, and. So do you, so 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 com- so just to you know combine the model mi- minority myth, as well as um and also the affirmative action in this context. You know what would your rebuttal be to those conservatives? Do you you know what would you how would you disagree with them? And you know what's your argument? Sorry, is, am I making that clear? Is that question clear? I can repeat that if it's Hi. not. No, I think I think that that makes sense. Um, so, you know, the the big issue with um, the whole idea of um, you know, if Asian Americans can do it, you can also, is that it disregards a lot of the um, racial inequality um, and sort of um, there's a specific word for this. Hold on, I'm blanking on it. Uh, just the systemic racism that is present in America, right? Yeah. And so, like, you have, you know, you have these these myths that are, you know, potentially that can be helpful in certain ways, right? Like model minority, where um, for Asian Americans in cer- certain circumstances, you know, it allows um, us to be viewed in a certain light. Not that it's necessarily a good thing, because obviously everyone is different, and you can't make these broad sweeping assumptions about people just because of their race. Um, but I think that you know the model minority myth is you know one of those examples of these sort of uh, very broad projections that people have, um, and then also you know you have. Uh, various stereotypes about Black Americans and about um, about Hispanic people and all these things and the problem that I think is happening with you know the people who want who want to take away affirmative action is that they don't understand they inherently don't understand that there is a problem like a, a racial problem in America mm-hmm. and they think that um, you know. And because of that, they're like, oh, you, you can work hard. Um, and so I, I don't believe that these people actually think that they want... I don't, I don't believe that people actually want to be malicious in their, um, in their taking away, like, this policy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they, they probably... Oh, a majority of them genuinely believe that, you know, if, if one person can do it, then anyone else can and they're completely disregarding the circumstances that those people might be in um so i think that you know you talked about a rebuttal i think that they need to 
start learning about all of the injustices and the different circumstances that people are in because all they know is their own perspective, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, um, yeah, I really agree with you on that. And one of the interesting perspective to repeal affirmative action that I saw online is from a Chinese-American, um, an immigrant who escaped um, during the Cultural Revolution in China. So it's kind of um, like a witch hunt um, movement in which if, you're, if you identify with a political, you know, party or viewpoints that does not reflect, reflect communist values, you know, in that era, like, you will be prosecuted or you will be punished and um so my grandpa my grandpa was the victim of um cultural revolution to be honest she he was punished because he had a different point of view than most of the other people about politics specifically so so sorry so so for that chinese Americans specifically who you know advocate against affirmative action, you know, said that, you know, he escaped cultural revolution. He was personally victimized by cultural revolution and he went but he's uh, you know strived for the best, you know, to come to America, to study America, to um to earn his keep, to um, you know, to, to, to be a middle-class citizen when he had nothing, you know, b- you know, before coming back to America. So, so that's the reason why he thinks that if he could do it, you know, everybody should do it because, you know, he suffered from systemic discrimination in China and after coming to the U.S., he has nothing. Uh, so he has to, like, start all over again. And he could, if he could climb up the ladder, he, he thought that other minorities should follow suit. Um, so, and I agree with you that, you know, you know, he might disregard the aspect of systemic racism, but, you know, he does have a, um, how do you say, he does, you know, have a point, you know, in many conservative mindset, um, you know, so it's a really delicate um, issue, and I think I, I do, and I wish that I do not redundantly, you know, ask this question again. If I do, please tell me so. So, so do you think that in his case, you know, what's your, you know, what would your rebuttal be like, you know, about you know him specifically wanting to repeal affirmative action because he, um, you know, particularly, you know, overcome all of a lot of hurdle to become where he is now um so so you know what's your perspective on that yeah yeah so i don't i feel like the concept of a rebuttal maybe is not the best idea here i think that you know no matter what people are going through yeah there's so okay so for this particular situation, I think that, you know, obviously he went through a lot and that's really, um, <laughs> sorry, I don't want to swear on your podcast. It's really, it's really not, uh-huh. it's not ideal. Um, and yeah. it's really unfortunate and it's tough that he had to go through that. Um, I don't think that the thought process behind affirmative action should discount anyone's experiences because everyone's yes. experiences are unique. And obviously he went through a very, very rough um, situation and that his experience should not be discounted. However, I think that, you know, in, in the context of America, um, it's there, like, I, I'm, I still think the same thing applies is that, you know, him as a Chinese American or as a Chinese immigrant is, um, it's still like the, the whole idea of like systemic racism is not that like he's necessarily, um, I think someone described things as like racism is not about whether or not you are benefiting because um, it's not like anyone is necessarily uh, 
actively benefiting. There are circumstances where people are, but like um, in general, it's not about benefiting. It's about the fact that you don't have things that make things harder, right? And so obviously this man went through a very difficult experience. And so we're not saying that he didn't go through that. Um, we're just saying that he didn't also face the situations that um, that black Americans might face, right? And, and so like um, when he applied, there might be someone in the, let's see, uh, trying to if you think about it from like a, from, so when he got here, he had nothing, right? Um, so let's say he fiscally started at zero, right? Someone who is in the same situation who maybe started in America, um, like a black American who um, is also starting from zero, maybe didn't necessarily go through the same trauma and issues that he went through back when he was in China. But there, if you think about like the ground level of, let's say them having some very similar circumstances. Um, but the black American also has to deal with a lot of other things that come with being a, a black American. Um, I don't know if that was a good explanation, but that's sort of like, I guess how I see it um, in that I still think that affirmative action needs to even at the playing field as much as possible. Now um, you always have exceptions, right? And I think that's what the people focus on is that, you know, people will look and see um, a wealthy African-American kid and be like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's black, but like he, um, he's wealthy, so he shouldn't have the uh, benefits of affirmative action, right? There are people who are in those situations, so we shouldn't have affirmative action. But like, just because you have exceptions to the rule doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to make overall everyone have the equal opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, there are poor white Americans, there are poor Asian Americans, and who come from very, very, um, I guess, they don't necessarily have the background of high academic, you know, who have people who can pay for the tutoring or anything like that, right? Um, but they, they should be, like, you know, that's another thing that, like, we should all be trying to get everyone these same opportunities. And I think that the people who are opposing that don't necessarily see anything outside of their own circumstances, which, again, is not to discount their circumstances because everyone has something, right? Yeah. Wow. I am... I love your response. Like, I think you, you know, you're really persuasive in your rebuttal and... You know, sorry to use that word, um, you know, rebuttal. I think, you know, you have defended your position in such a great way that you pinpoint, you know, the core of your argument that people should not discount other people's um, experiences just because their hardship is true or validated. And I think that that is really, you know, great perspective as to remind people how important it is to be compassionate in essence, and to, you know, to not let your experiences, you know, affect the policy that might benefit numerous people out there. Um, so I only have two questions left. Do you still have time for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you are the best. Thank you so much, Amanda. Um, it's such a, such it's so inspirational to talk to you. I'm so happy that we can do this. So, um, one of the questions that I have is that, you know, because you know you are in a state where affirmative action is repealed, and you go to a school where um, the diversity is mainly Asian Americans. Um, so, what do people around you tell you about affirmative action, and? Actually, how do you develop the mindset to support affirmative action? You know, when you, you know, when your your father disagreed with it, and you know, you also live in a state where um, affirmative action is constantly repealed. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna be honest. I don't actually. I haven't discussed affirmative action with a huge amount of people. Mm-hmm. The only time it's ever come up was on the ballot um, when we were discussing, when I was discussing with my parents. And I think I talked to one of my friends once about it because um, mm-hmm. uh, it came up as, I took an Asian American studies class last year. Um, 
that was actually discussing the model minority man. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it was, it came up in that because there was, a, I think it was a situation about Harvard, because um, yeah. there was like a, a policy in the IVs about affirmative action. Um, but it just reminded me of this, there's a situation where, um, in something about like hold on I'm not sure if I'm gonna maybe I shouldn't go down that story because <laughs> I, I don't remember if uh, okay whatever makes you comfortable sorry so your <laughs> so your 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 question was um uh have I discussed it with other people and how did I come to this conclusion right yeah. um I think in general, I like to believe that I am a relatively good person. And I think Aww. that that involves, you know, everyone having equal opportunity and everyone, you know, being treated hopefully with good uh, vibes is not the right word. But like, um, you know, that everyone can be treated equally and everyone can, you know, have a good life. Um, and, and so affirmative action as a policy that, you know, has been explained to me in a way that is supposed to help that. Um, I that's sort of why I agree with it. Um, I, I in reality, I think you know I've heard little tidbits growing up of what affirmative action is, and you know, um, sort of like how it helps people and how it works. And from the explanation that you know, my mom gave one side, my dad gave one side, and I was like, that this is the side that I agree with is the one that can help people. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh. Yeah. Wow. 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 Amanda, you're going to do such great things in the future. You, oh, I just, I'm so happy to have such a compassionate and kind friend like you. I'm so proud of you. Um, and um, so, you know, in essence, um, you know, as a follow up question for that, um, do you think, you know, Asian Mar- is it because, you know, like I've seen, you know, out like news online saying that as Asian Americans or Asians specifically, you need to score higher than other ethnic minorities or ethnic group, including white, um, white, um, white group. Um, you need to score higher than that to be treated as an equal in SAT. So do you think that, you know, what, what do you think about this reality? Um, and do you think that, you know, you have to suffer from such a pressure um, of like, you know, of, of, I'm sorry, um, do you have to suffer such a pressure when you were applying to colleges or when you were applying to different companies? Yeah. So please go ahead. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this is going to sound maybe not the best, but like, I think that you know, people should try to do their best in any circumstances, right? And so whether or not you have to get a higher score, um, mm-hmm. I, I guess, like, you should be shooting for the highest score anyway. Um, that's yeah. not that's not necessarily... Well, okay. So I understand that um, there is a... <laughs> so... Um, the the idea that Asian Americans need to score higher um, is not a part of affirmative action that I think is really dedicated to leveling out the playing field. Um, I think I explained earlier, but I, the the way that I think it should be implemented in the policy is to be taking people with equal scores, equal standards of judgment, and if you know, if race or if, um, like, sexuality or gender or anything is um, the only difference between two applicants, then that should be where um, where that, that decision is made. Um, I think that... Um, Affirmative action should not be a policy that needs to detract from other people's achievements mm-hmm. to simply get diversity, you know? Um, yeah. And 
because you don't want to just recruit like the, the the idea of getting diversity especially in like a corporate setting is to be able to um so i was talking to someone at xbox and they were saying that you know a lot of the policies around accessibility um all come from employees because the people if you work in a group of all white men who are right-handed who don't have any disabilities um you're not going to get a perspective. You're not going to be able to make games for people who are not of that group, right? What if someone's left-handed and they have a particular affinity towards using their left hand more on a controller? Or what if you have someone who's an amputee who can't use the normal controllers, right? Yeah. And so the idea behind getting diversity in these groups shouldn't necessarily be about just having checking a box, right? It should be about getting those perspectives so that you can have, um, so that you can make things more accessible, um, so that you can. Um, serve a wider group a wider audience better and i think that um the idea of sort of like trying to balance uh by making standards for asian americans or asians in general to um you know get into a college or apply to a company is detracting from the possibility of getting that person's perspective and so you really need to um you know, the best candidate is all about, like, you You want to look at the qualifications first, you know. Yeah. And affirmative action as something that should be meant to help people should be about, you know, not just checking a box by bringing in more of a particular group. It should be about really looking at the qualifications and then, you know, saying, like, this is, you know, the specific job or role that we want to fulfill. And they also bring the added opportunity of being able to get their perspective for this one thing, you know? Wow. I don't, I don't know if that was a good answer for you. But, no, that, that definitely yeah. is. Wow. Thank you so much for, you know, saying that. And I think, you know, I, th- I think as always, you articulate it, you're responding in such a good way that I think it's sort of, I, I'm really thankful for you, um, you know, to give me such a fresh perspective about affirmative action. So, you know, thank you so much. So, um, you know, uh, so so I just have a question that's popped up. Um, so this will be our last question. Um, so is that, so do you think you personally have benefited from affirmative action being an Asian American or being a queer um, Asian American? I mean, separately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how, like, what, like, how much affirmative action as a policy encompasses, but I know that there are definitely, you know, diversity conferences and all that kind of stuff that I've definitely benefited from. So, oh, for you, um, Grace Hopper, um, there was a, my internship after my freshman year um, was a specific program for, um, for non-cis men, um, and it was specifically for, you know, for people who want to get more into coding to encourage, you know, women and non-binary people into coding. And I think that, you know, all of these opportunities have been really great. It's been, you know, it's, it's, for, for me personally, it's less about the opportunities that it gives and more about being able to actually connect with people who have similar identities. Um, and it's not to say that I didn't benefit from those from opportunities. Like, I know for you, I made a lot of really great friends and a lot of really good connections, um, you being one of them. And Aww, like, you. it's, it's, yeah, it's a really, it's a really great thing to be able to talk to people who have similar experiences. And I think that um, you know, so yes, I, I think that if you're talking about in general diversity, like uh, actions that increase diversity and being able to um, like meet up with these people, I've benefited in both being able to, you know, go to these things and and meet with other people of similar backgrounds, um, and I've also benefited. Um, with the internship and with being able to just make like, uh, uh, like business connections, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm. I'm also so, sorry. Did you did you finish? I'm sorry if I cut, 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 cut you. I'm sorry. Um. So 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 did you finish? Um. Because I do not want to, you know, interrupt you, and I thought I kind of did. So I'm so sorry if I did interrupt you. No, no. Yeah. That was that was that was all. <laughs> okay. 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 Glad I wasn't um interrupting. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> um, so you know, thank you so much, Amanda, again for agreeing to our podcast. You, as always, um, have provided such great insights and such great, um, you know, fresh perspectives into our podcast. You know, and I learned a lot from you. So thank you so much for agreeing to you know, and finishing this great podcast. Thank you, Amanda. <coughs> Yeah, of course. It was really nice to talk to you again. Also. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So I'm going to stop recording now, and thank you for our listener to tuning in. Um, see you next time.